1: Are you ready to unlock your full potential? Then it's time to become Mentally Stronger. Subscribe to Mentally Stronger with therapist Amy Morin, available wherever you love to listen to podcasts.
2: Hey, do you have trouble sleeping? Then maybe you should check out the Sleepy Podcast. It's a show where I read old books in the public domain to help you get to sleep. It was the best of times. It was the worst of times. It was the age of- Classic stories like A Tale of Two Cities, Pride and Prejudice, Winnie the Pooh. Stories that are great for adults and kids alike. For years now, Sleepy has helped millions of people catch some much-needed Z's, start their next day off fresh, and discover old books that they didn't know they loved. So, whether you have a tough time snoozing, or you just like a good bedtime story, fluff up the cool side of your pillow and tune into Sleepy. Unless you're driving, then please don't listen to Sleepy. Find Sleepy on Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts. New episodes each week. Sweet dreams. What Was That Like contains adult language and content and is not intended for all audiences. Listener discretion is advised.
0: Welcome to What Was That Like? I'm your host, Scott Johnson. This is the show where we talk to regular people, people just like you or just like me, who have found themselves in an extremely unusual situation. We'll hear their stories and get inside their head because we all want to know, what was that like? More information about each episode at whatwasthatlike.com. Here we go. On November 29, 2018, 50-year-old Andrew Bush of College Station, Texas, was driving his white Dodge Charger. Up ahead was a red light. Cars were stopped, waiting for the light to change. And one of those vehicles up ahead was a Ford pickup truck in the left turn lane. Witnesses say Bush didn't even brake before slamming into the back of that truck. The driver of the pickup truck was 20-year-old Zane Wallace, a Texas A&M college student who was with his girlfriend, Mackenzie. They were shaken up, but not seriously injured. Zane got out of the truck to check on the driver of the car that just hit them, and that's where our story today really begins. Zane had a day he'll never forget. As you listen to my conversation with Zane, I think you'll get the same impression I did when we were talking. He's a good kid, very polite and respectful. And throughout this whole ordeal, his concern was not for himself, even though it was his life that was in danger that day. Instead, he was concerned for the safety of his girlfriend and the welfare of the driver of the car that hit them. I like Zane. I think he has a great future ahead of him. The incident that Zane told me about was caught on video by someone nearby who just happened to think quickly and hit record on his phone, And you can see that video at whatwasthatlike.com forward slash 15. And if you don't already follow me on Instagram, you really should. I post something new there every day at whatwasthatlike. And now here's my conversation with Zane. Have you ever seen the show TJ
3: Hooker? A little bit, yes, sir. (laughs)
0: <laughs> it's I know you're probably a little young. It was back in the 80s. so but I know there's there's, there's clips of it on YouTube and some other places. But that's that's what reminded me, uh, your story reminded me of that show because you know, it's back in, it was you know it was William Shatner was the star and he was this kind of a veteran tough cop. And his partner was the young rookie guy. and it was just a show that was so bad, it was funny. And But the thing that made me think of it is because it seemed like every time, or so many times when he was chasing a bad guy, the bad guy's trying to get, in, get away, and William Shatner as T.J. Hooker, the cop, would just jump on the hood so that uh, <laughs> it was just so stupid. But uh, matter of fact, uh, Saturday Night Live did a spoof of that and it was actually when william shatner was on that show uh i'll put a link actually i'll put that i'll put a link to that video on the on the uh, on my website for this episode so people can watch that if they want to but in your case wasn't so funny
3: oh no sir not at all this was
0: this was real life so w- where did this actually happen
3: it happened on a bridge i was headed to uh to the get a drink before me and my girlfriend went to the library the roads called Briarcrest, uh, Bri- Bri- Briarcrest Drive. Uh, I was turning left on Texas Six French Road in Turn Lane.
0: So it was just you and your girlfriend. What's her name? Mackenzie. Okay, so you and Mackenzie were in the car. What kind of car was it? Uh,
3: 2005 F one hundred and fifty, a four wheel drive.
0: Okay, so a pickup truck. Yes, sir. Okay. All right. So you're you're stopped at a light and you're getting ready to turn left.
3: Yes, sir. I got my blinker on, ready to turn left when um, I get rear-ended.
0: Did you see him coming?
3: Um, No. I I actually turned to my girlfriend to ask her what she wanted from the store. And then that's when I saw her her glasses go flying off her head from the uh, impact of him hitting me. So it was a pretty hard hit then. Oh, yes, sir.
0: I wonder, do you think he (laughs) braked at all before the impact or he just didn't even see at all and just... Hit you full speed.
3: The driver who was behind him told me after this had all happened that he never saw brake lights, and he was right there with him. He said he gunned it out of the red light where he had started, and uh, when he cu- he came over the crest of the bridge and never touched the brakes.
0: Okay, so just take us through what happened. You you felt the impact, and uh, take us from there.
3: Well, I. Uh, Put the truck in park, I checked on my girlfriend to make sure she's okay because that was what I was most worried about at the moment. Um I immediately told her to call 911 just so that process could be started taken care of. And uh I told her to stay in the car. I'm gonna go check on this the guy who hit us, make sure he's okay, make sure the vehicles are able to move. So I all right well I get I got out the, the truck and I turn I shut my door and as I'm walking back to where he hit me in his Dodge charger. He starts. He starts backing up, and I so I get between between where uh, the the tailgate of my truck and where and the front of his car as he's backing up to just inspect the damage, uh, see if the vehicle see if he's leaking any radiator fluid or engine oil, or see if my truck's still drivable. And um, as I am uh, walking up to to look at it, at him, he uh, puts the car in drive and guns it at me.
0: And how far away was he at that time?
3: When he when he gunned it at me, he was no more than five feet, five six feet. And mm-hmm. uh,
0: he hit the gas and hit the brake real fast.
3: Yeah, like as mm-hmm. like a like a bull like trying a bull, a bull trying to scare you off whenever you're work, working them. Uh, he uh, just run up and run and uh, stop, like get out my way. I'm not playing. And I put my hands on the hood, thinking like, oh, he's not going to run me over. I don't know what his deal is, I told and I told him, stop, like, hey, I'm here. Like, I immediately thought, like, oh, he's, he didn't realize, it, and he, he, or the transmission's messed up in the car from the accident. And um, I put my hands on the hood, and the man who's behind him starts screaming, uh, move, move. And as I look up at him, that's when the driver guns his car again. This time, I have to choose to be, whether to go underneath the car and get ran over or get on the hood of the car so i choose the one that looked more safe in the moment and i jumped on the hood of the car and i i uh held on
0: that's that's pretty crazy when when you consider the safer of your options is to jump on the hood of the moving car <laughs> but it was that was a that was obviously it was the right decision looking back on it right
3: Yes, um, or so, I, I, at least in my mind, it was. I mean, I, I did not want to get run over. I mean, that's one, everyone's been run over. I don't think many people have ridden on the hood of cars going down the highway. So, no, I sure haven't. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, yeah, uh, he just gunned it. I mean, I did, I, like I said, I, it was pure instinct. Like, you, you, it was like, this is my only option. Like, survival was the first thing that goes through my mind and just hold on. So he pulls out into the uh, cuz we're in the turn lane he pulls he pulls out into the to the into traffic to continue going straight with me on the hood and my girlfriend's still in the truck waiting like wondering what's going on and she sees me from flying by on the hood of this car and um he uh, continues to go uh off the bridge he, he continues to drive over the bridge through the red light that the what i was waiting at to turn and keeps going straight down this road
0: now now his hood was kind of crumpled up from the crash right
3: yes when he hit me he it, since it the bridge was curved he actually went under whenever he came through it and hit me his car actually went a little bit underneath my truck so i was so whenever he, i jumped on the the hood had been bent at an angle so that I could hold on to the back of it, where it connects to the uh, the drip rail or the drip panel of the car right underneath the windshield. Right, and have a good, pretty good handhold. I guess you can say.
0: So he, so he just takes off down the road.
3: Um, pretty much. I mean, I keep thinking back on it, like, what would go through his mind? To just like, oh, I just hit this person. I'm going to attempt to run him over and then when he tries to dodge out the way, I'm just going to take off with him on the hood of my car and for a mile and what what, what would make him do that? We go through this intersection, this red light and I, like, people kept asking me, like, were you scared in the moment? Were you scared? Like, there's, there was no time to really be scared. It was just pure adrenaline and... I mean that's really it just this is adrenaline like primal instinct to hold on
0: and the whole time you're holding on you're the positioning that you were in you were kind of face to face with him
3: yeah i mean i'm facing him i'm facing the windshield of the car looking at him and it still haunts me i still have nightmares about it just the the look on his face of just pure whatever. Like, I don't care if this guy dies. I don't care if this guy falls off, but I'm getting out of here. And it, I don't, I mean, it was the most terrifying thing in my mind.
0: Something I've been recently making a deliberate effort with is to read more. There are lots of books I want to read. And I try to read every day, even if it's just a few pages, a little bit each day adds up and it can make a big difference. It's like taking care of your gut. Even though it's not big, it supports the health of your whole body. Seed's DSO-1 Daily Symbiotic benefits not just your gut and your heart, which aren't outwardly visible, but your skin too, which you can see. Every morning it's the same thing, two capsules of Seed DSO-1. And sometimes I wonder, is it normal to feel this great? It helps support digestive health with optimal gut bacteria levels. And thankfully that's all backed up by science. And all the supporting data is on their website. If you're trying to avoid sugar, soy, peanuts, or gluten, you're good to go. And I was reading the literature and I thought, you had me at vegan because it's that too. And if you have kids, DSO-1 is the first multi-strain symbiotic shown to be tolerable and health-promoting in a cohort of children aged 3 to 17. And you can use this promo code to give it a try.
1: Trust your gut with Seeds DSO1 Daily Symbiotic go to seed.com/what and use code 25what to get 25% off your first month that's 25% off your first month of Seeds DSO1 Daily Symbiotic at seed.com/what code 25what
0: I don't know how many other people do this but I like to plan my weekly meals maybe I'm just weird but I like quick and easy that's just one of the benefits you can get with Cook Unity or go wild and have Cook Unity pick for you, because every meal is just amazing.
1: Make the best meal plan ever with the convenience, chef-level quality, and endless variety of Cook Unity. Go to cookunity.com what, or enter code what before checkout for 50% off your first week. That's 50% off your first week by using code what, or going to cookunity.com what.
2: Hey, my name's Otis Gray, host of The Daily Book Club Tune into the Daily Book Club Discord and discuss the readings with other book club listeners. However you want to listen, it's your choice. Subscribe to the Daily Book Club on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and everywhere else. New episodes every single day. So sit back, relax, and get lost in the Daily Book Club.
3: I mean, we're going down this road at 60 miles an hour. I'm staring him dead in the eyes, and... I look over my shoulder as he swir- because he begins to swerve side to side from one shoulder to the road to the other, slamming on the brakes, slamming on the gates, trying anything to get me to loosen up my grip in order to jump off and, or, or, or loosen my grip to fall off the car while he, so he doesn't have to stop. And I look over my shoulder, and we're coming to the next red light, or the, well, the next intersection, and I see him start heading straight for one of the uh, traffic light poles like he was going to run into it and at that 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 was the moment that I realized that like I remember thinking in the back of my mind I, I'm today's not the day I die I'm I'm going to make it through this I turn to him and I start screaming, let me off the hood of the car. I don't want to die. Let me off. Please let me off. And clear as day, he look, the first time we've made eye contact the entire time with me on the hood of this car because he just keeps dodging, won't look at me. He looks at me square in the eyes and just shakes his head no. As if like I said he didn't care if I died on that hood as long as he got out of whatever he was trying to get out of and at this point I'm seeing I'm just, I'm banging on the window just trying like anything like maybe I can break the window and get into the car or maybe I can uh if I if he'll realize it, it'll like wake him up for whatever the state he's in of just whatever and make him stop but of course it doesn't then all of a sudden this guy the guy I'm on the hood slams real hard on the brakes and turns real hard to the right and i think i like i have to get off now cuz this is my only point like he's he's obviously not going to care if i'm on the hood or, uh, or not if he hits something else so i jump off of the hood and uh, because, well, let me backtrack a little bit. At this point, we have—I don't know how many people chasing me, to, chasing after this car with me on the hood of it.
0: And these were all people that witnessed the initial accident.
3: Just random people that were happen to be there. They, uh, all, none of them were like cops or anything. And none of these people were. They just were just random bystanders that went into action and just—they—they they are the reason I'm able to sit here and talk to you today. Because without them, the odds are I would not have made it out that hood, off that hood. I remember looking over my shoulder again as the guy slams on his brakes, and I see this blue, another blue pickup truck in front of him that had managed to come around, get in front of him and, and slow him down enough for me to be able to jump off and, without falling and without hurting myself basically.
0: So that's when you saw your opportunity.
3: Yes, I mean he, the 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 truck that slowed him down was the reason I was able to get off the hood like I did, because he did not stop. He was not, he was not stopping, and uh, just kept going. I took my opportunity to jump off, and I started uh, sprinting after this this car, and the people that the guy who was uh, in front of him that slowed him down enough for me to jump off stopped and checked on me made sure uh, uh and I, st- I started waving him like just keep chasing him keep going and between there and where they finally were able to box him i remember nothing like it's like locked out of my like i can't like it's just a blur i look the only thing i do remember from that time is looking down at my cell phone in the back of this white truck that i had no idea how how i got in the back of and this guy uh, but he took me to to where they hadn't had him stopped. and I remember looking out at my phone and just calling my girlfriend making sure she's okay like making sure she, that she knows that I'm not hurt. And um, we finally get to where this this guy had, uh, where, where this guy, this guy had been boxed in by all these people that were chasing him. And I jump out of this truck and I shake the driver's hand.
0: This is the same driver that slowed down in front of him?
3: No, this was just an, another completely random guy that saw, saw me running down the side of the road after this after these people chasing this guy.
0: Okay, so he picked you up.
3: Yeah, he picked me up off the road. I'm, I jump out of the truck. I shake his hand. Thank you. I really appreciate it. And I start walking to where this the guy, the driver of the, the car was that I rode on the hood of. And at this point, I'm angry. I don't know what I'm going to do. And the, then the dude who the guy the man who stopped who was able to slow him down enough for me to get off of the car grabs me by the shoulder and takes me over to where his truck had been where he had actually pinned hit pinned the Charger up against the car in front of it at a red light with his truck in the back. So it like sandwiched the car in because he actually continued to keep dr- driving through this red light and hitting people and running people off the road. I later found out the guy who who uh, was got in front of him to slow him down enough grabs me shoulder, puts me on the opens the tailgate of his trucks and sits me down. Hands me a pack of cigarettes and a Gatorade, and says, "Don't move. Smoke till you're either happy or till you puke, but don't move." And we're sitting there, and all these people are just random people. We have this whole road at this point shut down, three lanes of traffic shut down, because everybody that was around the car. That they, that they boxed in didn't want to move because either they were witnesses or they were scared this guy was going to keep running. I, I've realized now that it's a good thing that he grabbed me and told me to sit down because I don't know what I would have done in the moment, but it wouldn't have been a good thing.
0: You might be in jail too.
3: Oh, I would have been in jail if you would to stop me. I mean, it's I was angry and and I'm sitting on this tailgate, smoking these cigarettes, just back to back to back, and the cop rolls up and looks at me like, "What? What have I missed?" Because apparently, it got lost in translation that I had actually, because it got lost in translation between where my girlfriend had called them and told them, "Hey, my boyfriend's on the hood of this car," to the department that came because it's like it's literally on the like the the jurisdiction line. Oh, okay. So got swapped to city, to county, or something like that. So these guys never found out that I was on the hood of the car until I told them. And the 20 people that were standing around that chased the guy down with me on the hood told them the same thing. And they still didn't believe us because they, th- they thought this was, this was so crazy that it, is, there's no way it happened. Then the cop says, like yeah, we weren't believing him until you have s- six, seven people telling you the same story. And you're like, okay, this actually happened it's not just this kid making this stuff up. And these cops show up and I jump off the tailgate of this car of, of the truck because the cop pulls me aside and to talk and I'm I'm telling him what's going on and everything and um he's just looking at me with aw- off this look of awe on his face like he's never heard he, like it was something straight out of an action movie which looking back now pretty much was. And he starts asking these other people questions and And I look over to my side and I see the man who who was driving the car uh, being put in handcuffs. And I turn to the, I I remember like, oh, my girlfriend's still back at my truck. She's still sitting in the road. So I go to this cop, like, listen, I need to go to my girlfriend. And the guy who originally was behind the the car on the bridge says, I'll take you. And he puts me in his car and, and I just, I break down. I had held it all together then uh, from the tailgate. I mean, there was a girl that was in another one of the vehicles that was involved in this chase uh, that I didn't know that they were involved. I thought they were just people that stopped. And she's crying her eyes out. And I felt so bad because I'm like, I just traumatized this girl. I actually ran into her family earlier this week, and uh, I got a t- my, my mother got a chance to talk to them. Her, she, the father was driving her, their car, and the girl was in the passenger seat, and the father told my mom in the store that he t- originally was said told himself, "I'm not getting involved. I can't traumatize my daughter when this goes bad." He said, "It's not." He said, "I wasn't thinking if this goes bad. I was thinking it's gonna go bad, and there's no way this is there's going to be any type of goodness in this situation." Then he said, "But something came over me, and I had to do it." And I told he said i told my daughter to to close your eyes and look away because i was scared i was i didn't like i said i'm he said that this was not going to end well but he had to do something in order to cuz he couldn't stand by and watch and this girl is i still i still feel bad about it to this day because She's. She was the look in her of fear in her eyes. I could only imagine what mine looked like. I was so worried about her and everyone else that was involved that I didn't realize like, oh, I could have. It should have not ended well. So I, after all that, I get in this car in the car of the guy who uh, drove me to where they had stopped the guy, and uh, he takes me to my. Uh, where my girlfriend had actually moved the truck into the parking lot and as we're driving there I'm just I'm I'm going into shock and I'm just breaking down and I'm I I had my seatbelt on and I'm holding I'm leaned over in the seat holding my knees like in the fetal position basically just hyperventilating about to pass out don't know whether to cry or scream or what to do
0: I'll confess sometimes I let my podcast playlist get out of hand and I get way behind But there's one show that I subscribe to and any new episode goes right to the top of the queue. That's the Jordan Harbinger show. That's because I never have to figure out, okay, is this one going to be interesting or do I wait for the next one like I do for some shows? Because Jordan's conversations are always a must-listen for me. He talks to fascinating people from any category you can think of. Authors, scientists, athletes, you name it. He's talked to undercover cops who posed as mafia and the actual career mafia hitmen. And the stories he gets out of these people, just incredible. In one episode, he talked to Paul Holes. You might know that name if you're into true crime. He's the former investigator who uses really advanced methods to solve cold cases, including the Golden State Killer. And another one I really enjoyed was with Sam Harris, an author and neuroscientist who promotes skepticism and he doesn't mind taking on some seriously controversial topics like politics or religion. That one's going to make you think. Whenever a new episode of The Jordan Harbinger Show pops up, I already know it's going to be an episode that I'll enjoy listening to. And I'll bet you will too. For some episode recommendations, check out jordanharbinger.com start or search for The Jordan Harbinger Show. That's H-A-R-B as in boy, i n as in nancy g e r on apple podcasts spotify
1: on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts.
3: And I get to the, he, he's hes the whole time, he's just, he kept saying, I'm glad you're alive. I'm glad you're alive. And I didn't realize, even, even in that moment, like I should have died. I, I was just in such shock from everything, and it was just sensory overload. And we get to where they had stopped. My, uh, where my girlfriend had parked the car at the gas station that we were going to get a drink to go to the library before we went to the library. Where this whole ordeal started. All I knew is that at that moment, I was so glad to see her. I was so glad I was okay. she was okay. He had to hold me back by the collar of my shirt while he's driving through the parking lot of this gas station to keep me from jumping out of the car and sprinting to hug her to make sure she's okay. And uh, I, I break down and that's when reality sets in cuz even now i look back and my my parents look back and everyone looks back on it and thinks they don't want to say i should have died because it's too too true it's it, it, they so they say it shouldn't have ended well because even in the best circumstances of that whole ordeal it should not have ended like with me walking away without a scratch off of a car that just going sixty miles an hour down the road, swerving and br- and doing everything in his power to get me off, and literally w- walking walking it off.
0: How far did you actually travel on the hood? Do you know?
3: I've clocked it from where I remember getting off to where I started. It is a is just um, um, just above or just under a mile, and. It was the longest mile I've ever rid- ridden in a truck. And one of the news interviews, they said, do you feel heroic or reckless for jumping on the hood as he sped away? I'm like, first off, it wasn't like, oh, I'm going to get this guy. It was out of pure like sur- survival. And I don't feel heroic or reckless. I feel lucky to be alive. I feel lucky to be able to sit here and talk to you. And for, for the people that were there that day, that special group of people that God put in that spot at that time, I would not be able to, I would not have had to be able to have Christmas with my family a couple days ago. I would not have been able to hug my girlfriend that night and tell her everything's okay. I wouldn't have been able to go to my little brother's football games or my little sister's cheer cheerleading things. And... <laughs> And and people keep asking me, "Am I angry?" And I'm I'm not angry. I'm 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 thankful that I'm okay. I'm thankful that no one else got hurt. People keep saying, "Do you wish? Do you what kind of sentence do you hope this guy gets?" And I'm like, I I I can't help wish he gets anything done to him because it's not my place. Because. He needs to get help because we all make mistakes, some worse than others. But I'm not here to judge those mistakes. I'm not here to judge you. I'm not here to judge him. I'm not here to judge anybody. I'm I'm here to live my life and forgive those who make the mistakes because I'm not the one to judge them. I'm lucky to be alive, and I thank God that I'm not in the ground. And regardless of what happens to this guy, I hope he gets help, and I hope he betters himself through this.
0: From what I read, he was probably drunk or maybe on drugs, so he obviously wasn't in a right frame of mind. He wasn't thinking logically, not like you or anyone else would think. Does does the fact that he really wasn't himself, does that make it easier for you to not judge him or not be angry at him?
3: At first, it did. I went to ended up going to the ER that night just to get checked out, and the the cop came up, and uh, my parents are there, my little brother's there, my girlfriend's there, and we're, we're me, my mom, my dad are in this waiting room, and I'm 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 smiling. I have a neck brace on for to make sure that I'm not there's nothing cracked until they get me an X-ray, and. I'm 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 not angry at the moment. But I'm happy. I'm alive. And then the cop comes in, and um, <laughs> he's still astonished at everything that happened. And he he um, turns to me and says, "Well, he's under arrest for um, uh, his second DWI." And there's obvious when he said second. That's when I realized like there's obviously something else going on here, and I can't be angry about it. <laughs> and I I got messages all over Facebook. Oh, I would have beaten him up. Oh, I would have. I would have killed him. I would have killed him, and in the moment I was going to, but blinded by rage, you do a lot of things stupidly whenever you're in a circumstance that you don't know. But when this, and I could have forgiven him way easier if this was his first time. But this is his second DWI, and something's obviously wrong. And maybe this is what he needs to get help. Maybe God put me there so he doesn't kill somebody down the road. Why was I there? I don't know, but it's for a reason that I don't understand. And it haunts me and it will haunt me for a long time. But I know it's for the better of good reason.
0: The the truck, the guy that was driving the truck that got in front of him and slowed him down intentionally, we, he's he's really the probably the biggest factor that saved your life that day. Yeah. What, have you met with him since then? Or have you talked with him?
3: No, I I haven't been able to find him, honestly. I, uh, I'm i going to find him and I'm going to thank him and I'm going to I'm going to have my family thank him and because if it wasn't for him and the others that were there I would not have been here today.
0: When did Mackenzie find out that you were okay? Was it when you called her?
3: I called her like 20 times but she's still on the phone with the police trying to get everything sorted out but one of the people that the girl in front of me that I actually, uh, when he hit me, there was another girl in front of me. She actually drove down the road to check on me, and then drove back to tell my girlfriend that I was okay.
0: Oh, so that's how Mackenzie found out.
3: Yes, because she was still on the phone with police and figuring everything out. And
0: so you've never, you've never talked to the to the guy that
3: that hit you. No, I haven't. Do you ever want to talk to him? Part of me does. Um, that night, driving, driving home from the hospital, uh, my my dad drove my truck because they gave me a narcotic to calm me down. So he's driving me home, and I'm talking to him, and I'm saying, I'm asking him, "What would you have done in the situation? Like, did I do something right? Did I do something wrong?" And um, he. <sighs> He he tells me like I, I can't tell you that because I no no one I've ever known no one I've ever met no one I've ever I've ever nothing I've ever even encountered has ever been something like this. And I asked him have what would you do to the guy? He said I just want to know I just want to ask why. I and he said I don't want the oh I was scared excuse I don't want the oh I was drunk. Excuse. I want he said I want to know why this ha- why he did it the real reason. And part of me wants to know the real reason, but part of me doesn't. I just I, I just want the guy to get whatever help he needs and me to go about my day.
0: Is there any part of the story that I haven't asked you about or that you want to include?
3: Well, I was standing there after the cop had talked to me and these, this group of people around me, and I'm doing everything in my power to keep from just melting and going into shock and passing out of this whole situation. And I remember thinking as I'm standing there, I'm listening to all these people like, Oh, you're so lucky to be alive. You're so lucky to do this. I remember thinking about all my past experiences and like how <laughs> there's four times in my life I should have died. And I remember them every day. And I thank God every day that I made it out of those times because I'm at, now I'm able to, I'm still able to hug my girlfriend. I'm still able to hug my family. Still able to see my little brother and little sister grow up. I'm still able to hang out with my friends. I'm still able to go through college. You,
0: you've told a, you told a great story, and you know the, the the weird thing is, you know, it's interesting to look on you know look on the news and see these stories. Oh, look, there's a guy hanging on the hood of a car, and yeah, he was okay. And it's you know it's almost kind of a kind of a joke kind of thing, but when you really get this per, the perspective behind it about how you were. Really looking at life or death in that situation, it's a whole different viewpoint.
3: Yeah, I mean, I have—I grew up in a small town, very small town. I, all—I mean, my high school class, they were like my fan. And I got all these texts, which like, I'm glad you're okay, but that video was hilarious. And I completely understand because the first time I watched the video, I giggled a little bit inside. But then after I kept rewatching it and rewatching it, and then the anxiety and the feelings that I was going through in that moment started coming up, I'm like. I understand why people think it's funny. I understand why people like think, "Oh, I'm, I'm." That's so cool that that happened. That's that the awe factor. I see the awe factor there, but for the person that's going through that situation, it's a completely different story. And I feel I, now looking back on stuff like this, like looking at the news and stuff, I'm like, I can't laugh at this thing because I know how that guy feels and I can relate to him, and it's just the scariest thing to me.
0: Well, Zane, it's, um, boy, it's what a crazy story. <laughs> yeah. And you know, what'll be, what'll be interesting is if 50 years from now and you and Mackenzie are, are, uh, grandparents <laughs> and, and you're telling your grandkids, here's what happened to grandpa Zane back when he was a kid. They'll probably think that's pretty wild.
3: Oh yeah, I guarantee they will. All
0: right. Well, Zane, it was a great story and, uh, I'm glad you're okay. And thanks for sharing with us. No problem, sir. Anytime. Thanks for listening to this episode. My goal for each show is to introduce you to people and stories that you just won't find on other podcasts. If you want to help support the show, you just need to subscribe and that way you'll never miss an episode. You can click on any of the subscribe buttons on the website, which is whatwasthatlike.com. You'll see all the links right there at the top where you can subscribe directly to this show on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Google Play Music, Spotify, Stitcher Radio, or on whatever app you use to catch your podcasts. And you'll see there are also links to Twitter and Instagram, so you can follow us there, and I hope you do. And if you really want to connect with me and get in on the discussion with other listeners to this show, you can join our private Facebook group. You can find that at whatwasthatlike.com forward slash Facebook. And of course, you can always email me directly at scott at whatwasthatlike.com or just go to the website and click on contact. I'd love to hear what you think of this episode or a previous episode. Thanks again for listening, and I'll see you on the next show where we'll once again ask the question, what was that like? Hey, this is Scott. Did you know we offer a premium feed of this show that is completely ad-free and there are bonus episodes? Go to whatwasthatlike.com slash plus or just click the link in the show notes of any episode to learn more and to sign up. If you're listening on Apple Podcasts, you can sign up right there in the app by clicking try free at the top of the episode list. And I hope to see you in the premium feed soon.